0: You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Shavon Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio.
1: Welcome to Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft nurse, Chris Minogue. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm
2: very well, thanks.
1: For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, Chris joins us every Monday at midday to help you out. She's got over 30 years experience helping families with all kinds of, let's say, challenges with their small ones. It could be ditching the dummy. It could be settling tackling challenging behaviour. She definitely specialises in little ones and multiples. So she can help with that, but she's also got experience all the way up to four- and five-year-olds, preschoolers, you can call and ask a question. So now's the time to call if you are listening to us on the radio. The number is 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. That's 1-800-543-772. If you're watching us on Facebook Live, just pop your question underneath where you see the video and we will try to get to your question in the next 30 minutes. Chris, we have um, Sally's daughter. So Sally called us last week. She was asking about settling a four-month-old in the bed and now we have uh, her daughter. The daughter herself is on the phone. Anna, how are you? Very good. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Anna. So you have some follow-up questions for Chris. Yes, I do. Okay. Hi,
0: Anna. How did it go? Uh, look, it went really well, Chris. Oh, um, that's over, good. Yeah, over about sort of three or four days, we had her settling in her bassinet. Um, perfect. Sometimes it took 10 minutes, sometimes it took three minutes. So oh, the perfect. Yeah, the difference is huge. It's fantastic. Now, how's it So been? So what's happening now is she's just catnapping napping um, yeah. in her bassinet. So she's okay. sleeping for, on, on average, about 30 minutes at a time. Yeah. Sometimes it's 20, sometimes it's 45, but yeah. most of the time 30 minutes. So she's waking up with about sort of an hour to go um, until she needs to feed again yeah. and isn't Quite tired and yep. grumpy, and does okay. not want to be resettled. <laughs> okay,
2: so now we're in the reins of where normal behavior would be for a four month old. So, if you were sitting in mother's group now or with your friends with babies of a similar age, they'd all be talking about this 45 minute cycle and waking up and cat napping. So what we now need to do is give her a message about how to go back to sleep. So just like it took you a few days to get her to accept being in the bassinet, now we're going to try and get her to accept being resettled. And we can do this a couple of ways. And again, you give yourself about, you know, four or five days to achieve it. So when you look at a four-month-old's general behaviour – What I would be looking at is not trying to resettle on every single sleep because it becomes exhausting for you and the baby. And and sometimes it feels more like a battle, like she's going to battle and you're going to battle and who's going to win the battle. So what I would say is that in the long term with babies, they... Carry a morning sleep and an afternoon sleep until they're quite old, like 14 months, and then they keep one sleep till they're three years old. So let's focus on what matters to you long term than every single sleep cycle. So choose a sleep in the morning and one in the afternoon that you're going to start with the resettling. And the time frame is the time frame of sleep that you were looking for. So let's say about an hour and a half. If she could sleep for an hour and a half, she'd be much more rested. So in that first one in the morning where you might be at home, say between the 6 o'clock and 9 o'clock window of the day, that's the sleep that we're going to try and resettle on, okay? And then maybe one in the afternoon, like the one after that lunch feed we've been out in the mid-morning and you're back home again yeah so they're the two that you're going to focus in on trying to get her to accept being resettled back into her bed and lots of people will do this in lots of different ways so explain to me Anna, how do you get her to sleep now in the bassinet what what are you doing for her once she's in the bassinet to get her off to sleep
0: so at the moment, we just pat her, um, sometimes we'll sing to her if she's a bit unsettled. Yeah. Um, and only if she, you know, is really protesting with quite a, you know, loud, loud cry will we pick her up. Um, but most of the time, we don't need to do that.
2: Okay. That's fantastic. So what we're going to do is say she's got up at six in the morning and you put her down at 7.30 and she's woken again by quarter past eight. If you think from 7.30, it would be great if she could sleep for an hour and a half till nine o'clock. So that's your working window. So you might yeah. go from quarter past eight till nine o'clock. Now, in the beginning, it'll probably take you the whole 45 minutes to get her to sleep, but then you might sleep for another 45 minutes and then you just sure. pick the day up from that point. But as you keep settling her, that settling time will get shorter and shorter. So once she wakes okay. at 30 minutes, you wait for her to actually give a little cry So not for very long, but give a little cry. So some babies will wake and talk. Just let her talk and talk. Then let her get to the little bit of a cry. Then go in and do your rocking again. Now, or your patting, sorry. So once you go in and pat her, if she starts smiling at you and (laughs) trying to engage you, all I do is I just stroke her head and I say, it's time for sleep, sweetie. And then I step out and then give her another little minute or two to go to sleep. I mean, to cry. Then go in, pat, pat, pat. Um, and if she gets really worked up, give her a cuddle, calm her down and put her back down again. So, so you
0: actually leave the room, do you?
2: Just, well, you step out because what she's doing is engaging you with her eyes. So you step out oh. of the room <laughs> and yep. then count to 30 or count to 60 in your head and then step back in again. So oh. you're just giving her a message that you're there to help her. But if she wants to smile at you, that's okay. But you're going to walk away a little bit because that's the timeframe of the sleep. So if we do no resettling and self-settling, then you end up with tiny little sleeps during the day and you still mm. end up with an overtired baby. She's just more accepting about putting put down. So just remember that we give her the same cues as when she goes to bed is the same cue you're going to give her for the resettling. It's just okay. going to take her longer and you might have to do a bit more cuddling. No to worries. Calmer. Okay.
1: We hope that Thank helps, you. Anna. And feel free. You can call us as many Give times as you like. Give call back and
2: we'll, we'll take you through the next stage. <laughs> Thank you so much for that, both of you. Thank you, Chris. Really appreciate the invite. Oh, mind.
1: it's a pleasure. No worries. Good luck, Anna. You're listening to Kindling Conversation, and this is Kindling Helpline with Mother Craft Nurse Chris Minogue, and she's with us up until 12.30 today. We've got about half an hour with Chris where she can answer your questions, either by calling us in on the phone line, which is 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. You can also text us. The number is zero four three seven double six five two hundred. Or you can pop your question below if you're watching us on Facebook Live. So, Chris, our next question comes from Marie. She says, how do I ensure that my two-year-old is eating sufficiently and enough variety? Two-year-olds get so distracted. So he normally has breakfast, lunch and dinner plus one afternoon snack.
0: We've asked for cool, yeah. detail
1: and she's given us. Thank you very much, Marie, for the detail. Um, is The food he eats is breakfast is porridge or Wheat Bix with fruit or an egg and toast with a side of fruit, lunch, in summer is a grazing plate plus yogurt. If he is at nursery school, they do a hot lunch. lunch. Snack is rice ca- rice crackers, fruit, hummus, sweet biscuit to homemade buffi- muffin. Yeah. Dinner is protein and carbs, mince, fish and veggies. He loves sweet potato chips, spinach, cucumber and cheese. I'm more worried some days he will eat the whole serving. Other days he will take two mouthfuls and then just want milk. Okay.
2: Well, the first thing, Marie, is... That's excellent for a two year old. Really nice that too. is really, really good. So, rest assured, you're definitely offering him enough. The second thing is that just like us, some days they're hungry and some days they're not. It's about the behavior that you give him around meals that's more important because you're offering him really good food, you know, and he's eating a variety of food. So, as long as you're consistent with the timing and consistent with the amount, and give him a reasonable time frame to eat, so say you give him 20 minutes to eat, then what he chooses to eat within that frame is up to him. Okay. But I wouldn't substitute food for other food. So if he doesn't like your mince and veggies on that day, but he ate it three days ago, I don't go, oh my goodness, he hasn't eaten, so I'm going to substitute it with something else. And that's what you have to be a little bit careful of with the milk. Because if he's a bit tired and he doesn't want to eat, he'll fill himself with milk. Whereas if he was a bit tired... I'd offer the meal and then maybe give him a break for 10, 15 minutes and then maybe re-offer it again. And that's most likely to happen on his daycare days where he has been fed all day and then we try and feed them again. So on daycare days, I give them a much lighter dinner because I know that they've been fed quite a lot through the day. And that might help, but actually you are doing really well with a two-year-old. For him to eat that variety And sometimes just um, my two certainly didn't. (laughs) No, No, they definitely restrict food at two, but that's a really good variety. So I think keep going with what you're doing. You're giving a reasonable amount of food, you're giving it in a reasonable time frame, you're not overfeeding him during the day. So it's then up to him as to whether he's hungry or not.
1: Mm, Do him well. Yeah, good luck, Marie. I'm I'm really impressed. (laughs) I'm impressed with that list. So good luck. I hope that that works for you. Our next question is from Bernadette. I've been here, Bernadette. I know what you're talking about. Navigating pester power with a five and a half year old. Hi, ladies. Pester power. Any tips on a five and a half year old boy nearing the end of prep Prep. who will pester me, then tantrum like a three-year-old until I give in to his demands or until he gets his way? Oh, There's a talent. Um,
2: so I think this is really about choosing your battles more than it is about anything. They're going to be five and a half doing it. They're going to be 12 and a half doing it. And it's really a matter of making the choice about where no means no, you know, so if no means maybe, then you're going to get a lot more of this type of behavior. So the first thing is I'd only use the word no when you actually mean the word no. So if he says, I need a chocolate because you're standing in a grocery store and he sees a chocolate and you've said no, then you've got to follow through on the no and you're going to get a tantrum. So it's not about the tantrum. It's just about the follow through. Let him have the tantrum and then just keep moving on. And that takes time and patience, as, as we all know. <sighs> the only thing I would say with a five and a half year old is their ability to accept the conversation that you have is very different to the three-year-old. So the three-year-old just hears no, no, and no. doesn't matter what you say. A five-and-a-half-year-old, you could say, we need to go into this store, but I'm not going to get you, you're not going to get a treat. We're just going in for the bread and coming out, and that's it. So that's one example of it. So you can preset a five-year-old up for the behaviour that you're looking for. And then if he has a tantrum, he gets the same consequence that he would if he was doing it at home. So it could be you want to leave the park. It could be that he wants a friend to come over. There's so many things going on for them. But I think as long as no doesn't mean maybe. In the long run, the, the the tantrums will actually decrease. And the other thing is, try not to go into those stores when you've got a five year old with you, and um, that's not always easy.
1: No, and can I just ask? Yes, <laughs> just because I kind of know where she's coming from. With um, when you give advice over um. You know how to help behaviours with babies. Yeah. You sometimes have a sense in your head how long it might take. Yeah. Before they get the message. Yeah. Is there a similar approach with older children? So let's say Bernadette goes, okay, from now on, I'm going to be really strong with my no means no, no. message.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, do you have any sense, or is it? Hard well, I to think tell? you're still arguing this at 16. Yeah. You just get better okay. at the argument.
2: <laughs> I think the difference between a three-year-old yep. who's having tantrums for all sorts of reasons. Mm. And a five and a half year old is you could have a tantrum about something leaving the park. Um, stop playing football, we need to go in and have dinner, those types of things. The beauty of this age group is when you put them to bed at night, you can go back and revisit the behaviour. Okay. So when you you lay you know this little one down and you say, look, it really upsets me when you can't listen to me, when I'm going into a store and coming out. It's not that you can't have chocolate, it's just that at that time it wasn't the right thing for us to be doing. So you can revisit it with this age group and you sort of can take them through the steps when they're calm and quiet. Whereas a three-year-old doesn't really, they're not in that space. They'll right. just, you know, say, oh, so we are having more chocolate? Yeah. yeah. So no, they're not that in that space. So with a five-and-a-half-year-old, you can go back and revisit that later at night mm-hmm. and sort of lay down what your expectation is around the behaviour, whereas right. a three-year-old doesn't. They just move on. Good luck with that,
1: Bernadette. Yeah. I say when my kids pest me now, I know this is hashtag parent fail, but I start talking about Santa. <laughs> so
2: it's November, yeah. but I already Another one it. we do is if they're in the toy shop, mm. we say, let me take a photo of that and I'll put it in the oh, Santa list. Brilliant. And so they stand there and we take
1: a photo and we put it in the Santa list. And that's, that's great. And then they think they've let's won. Hope, let's hope they don't <laughs> remember that when they open yeah. Santa's app. But anyway... Um, Thank you for that question, Bernadette, and good luck. Let us know how it goes. Um, You're listening to Kindling Helpline (laughs) on Kindling Conversation with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. She's answering your questions. You can call us in 1-800-KIDS-RADIO or leave your message underneath the Facebook Live if that's how you're tuning in. This question comes from Narelle. Toilet training a three-year-old girl who refuses a toilet or potty. Just not interested, even with bribery. Suggestions?
2: Don't use bribery. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh, hang on. There's more.
1: Amy also says she has the same question, but this is with a three-year-old boy who knows he's going to the toilet, but finding comfort in nappies still. Yeah. Likes to sit on toilet, but nothing much happens when we're there. Any recommendation? Lots of nappy-free time, sticker charts. He's almost outgrown nappies as he is such Such a a big boy. boy. Okay. 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 So... This
2: is a bit of a tough one. So if you've been through the basics of toilet training in around that two and a half and it just hasn't worked or just hasn't sunk in, we've got to work out two things. Is there something medically going on in that they're a bit immature and they're just not ready for it? Or are they just being a little bit defiant? It's actually quite easy to stay in a nappy. So I, because I don't know much of the background, I would assume that at three, there's a little bit of defiancy going on here. So you've got two lines of thought to go here. I'd pick a week where you can be at home, as everybody says, stay at home. I'd just put a T-shirt and a pair of undies on them. And I'd do gentle reminders during the day to say, look, do you want to go to the toilet? Mummy can come with you to the toilet. And then if they say no, then they might have an accident and you might need to clean them up. But what you're trying to work out is, are they playing and having an accident and they have no idea what their body's doing? So that's back to retraining. Or are they doing what I call the wee wee dance? So they're playing, but they're standing on the spot and their legs are moving (laughs) and they need a little bit of a nudge to go to the toilet and they just haven't quite got that bit together. So you've got to give this a little bit of time and patience, um, and you need to actually work out where this behaviour is coming from. So are they saying no because of no? But the one thing I never do is I never do bribery. I never do bribery and corruption in this one. They either have to do it or they're not ready for it. The second thing that you can suggest, this is quite clever, and this often works with a three-year-old girl over a three-year-old boy, is I just get 10 nappies and I put them on there beside their bed and I say, see these 10 nappies? After the 10 nappies are gone, we're not buying nappies anymore. And then usually the very smart child goes, oh, that's that's not good. <laughs> so they start going to the toilets. <laughs> so they're sort of – that's not the only way you can get them to do it, but you first you have to work out are they a little bit immature and they're not ready for it, or are they just being a little bit defined and pushing it because it's a great attention seeker not going to the toilet. Mm. The way Another way of working this out, if, if they can toilet time them at daycare and they'll do a wee at daycare, then it's probably something that they're doing with you in a bit of defiancy. But if they're struggling both in their daycare or their social environment plus at home, it could be a bit of immaturity and they have to go back to retraining again.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, let us know if you'd like, Chris, to take you through those steps retraining. in terms of retraining <laughs> um, because, it, gosh, it's a hard thing. It is, training. it is. I'm glad I'm through it. Well, I'm through... Most Most of it with my son, he's three and a half. Stay in the. I've stayed in the night nappies with him though. Yeah, He's yeah. Still not out of night nappies. Yeah,
2: I would say to be this summer before <laughs> he would be out of night nappies.
1: We'll see. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you, Narelle and Amy. Good luck with that. And like I said, let it, come back and let us know because Chris has some really great specific instructions to toilet training okay. and to what those basic steps might be um, if they're ready for it. Our next question comes from Rebecca. She says, "I have an 11 week old only naps on me. Sleeps great at night." do I try and get him sleeping in the cot for naps before four months sleep regression or after? So I'm saying, think he must be sleeping on the nap on her during the day. <laughs> Yeah,
2: um, I would be getting him into his bed as soon as possible because not okay. I have as many people who never have a regression. That's just a lovely word that people banter around. So they might um, get to
1: four months and be fine.
2: Absolutely. I have as many okay. babies who sleep beautifully at four months as I have that don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so not everyone's going to have a regression, but also think about it at four months, are about 16 to 18 weeks. That's 16 to 18 weeks of sleeping on you. And to undo that, regardless of whether it's four months, five months, or three months, would be a difficult task. So similar to talking to Sally last week, or Sally then relaying it on to Anna, we need to actually teach this baby to get be put down and to be settled. So um, you know, wrapping, cuddling, putting down, patting um, for a period of time till they're nice and calm and relaxed. If they get upset, picking them up cuddling them and put them down. I would not be waiting because I think it would make it 10 times worse because your baby won't probably be regressing as much as becoming a bit more overtired. So we're not sure what goes on at night. We assume that she's put down in a bed at night. So if she can do it at night, she can do it in the day. And it just takes a little bit of time and patience, but I wouldn't wait. I would start you and know, to of, do it
1: now. And the thing about washing Rebecca, which is what I did with hmm. my eldest. I yeah. reckon she slept in my arms for the first three months or longer and they get big and heavy. <laughs> so, um, I mean, look, if it works for you and you're happy with her sleeping, him sorry, sleeping in your arms, then if you want to get them down, then yes, they do get heavy and... Good luck, Rebecca. And um, remember that you can call in. You don't have to do that now. You might want to try some of Chris's suggestions and give us a call next week on one kids radio It's probably a good time to let people know that next week is Chris's last week, week doing a live show with us because she's got to go on holiday at some point. I do. <laughs> we can't have her for the whole time. So um, if you... If we don't get to your questions today, because we do have to r- wrap up shortly, please email through your questions to conversation at au, or give us a call. Um, like I was just saying, if you if you try some of the suggestions Chris has made today and it's been a comment but you'd like to speak to her, give us a call next mm-hmm. Monday because it's your last chance until yeah. next year. Um, so I'll try and slip a few more in. Melissa. Yep. Hi, Chris. We have a five-month-old and a two-year-old and eventually they will have to share a bedroom. Baby is in with us now. Do you have any tips for preserving sleep when we move the five-month-old in? Toddler sleeps well, but five-month-old is still working on self-settling and wakes two to three times at night.
2: Okay. My best advice to this is that I don't move them together until the youngest one is sleeping really well. So for some people, that could be that they wake once a night, you know, and they go in at two o'clock, feed, and then put them back down. Now, normally that won't disturb the other child in the room, but if they're waking two or three times, I think... The rate of disturbing the other child is probably higher, so I'd probably work on getting her a little bit more settled. And that might take, you know, a little bit of time. And then once she's either sleeping through the night consistently or only having one feed in the middle of the night, then the chances are she won't wake your two-year-old. If that feed is at four o'clock in the morning, there's this weird thing where toddlers are more wakeful between four and five. So if the baby in the room is feeding in that window, it would wake up the toddler. So it's more ideal if that feed is in the sort of one to three o'clock window, because it tends not to wake a toddler. Okay. So I think I'd hang on a little bit more, work a little bit more on getting her to the five month old to be a little bit more settled, which should happen in the next month. And then
1: I'd revisit them being in a room together. Good luck, Melissa. And our last question for today is from Lauren. She says, my just two-year-old has just started pulling my hair, hitting me, exclusively me. I calmly say no, ask him to stop, explain that it's not okay and that it hurts. He seems to get pleasure from my pain. What should I do? Yeah, stop talking. Um, So
2: usually if they start pulling or hitting Um, You need to work out whether it's because you're doing something like asking them to come to the bath or getting them to go to dinner um, as opposed to them playing with you and then accidentally pulling the hair and stuff like that. So if you're picking them up to move them to the bath, and this is a common one, and they're a bit angry and agitated, a bit overtired, and they hit you, I immediately put them on the floor and get down at eye level and say, we do not hit And then maybe at the age of two, I just sit with them quietly for a few minutes, like a little bit of time out. They don't tolerate it very well at this age. And then I remind them, we do not hit. And then I move them on. So I say, let's go and read a book now or something like that. But I don't pick them back up because they'll probably just hit you again. So sometimes this is because um, their days might be rushed or they may not have seen you very much on that day. Um, But generally speaking, um, I would just pop him down, say we do not
1: hit or we do not pull hair. Give That's, him a minute. Sorry, just to interrupt. We've got a bit more information. Lauren says it usually happens when we're playing. Ah, oh, then I'd just be more aware
2: of it if it's in play, and try and keep his arms down and play with toys as opposed to you know a bit of rough play between the two of you, and that should just it should just slow down and ease off.
1: Does it, is this something typical of two-year-olds?
2: Yeah, yeah, really typical of two-year-olds. And they but, go out of it? Yeah, and but mine, it's mainly, hers is in play, but it's mainly actually in frustration when we're trying to get them to do something. So I think this would settle down pretty quickly with just a little bit of hands down or playing with things as opposed to playing with each other.
1: And are you saying, does repetition work better? We well, you yeah. say not so many words? just Not so many words,
2: because she's only just two. So we say we don't hit or we don't bite or we don't pull hair. If you go into about the emotion of it, sometimes they've already moved on and they're looking up in the ceiling, whereas when they're two and a half and three, they get the emotion of it. You know, that hurts mummy when you do that.
1: So he doesn't really understand. He doesn't. He's not really being a psychopath. No, no, Lauren. he's not a psychopath. <laughs> not yet. He doesn't. He doesn't understand. He doesn't your,
2: understand. Yeah. So we just put him down and we say we That's do good not to hit. Know, right? Yeah. So <laughs> good he's, to know. he's trying to work out the difference between rough play, and and that hurts. Okay. So, yeah. It's a learning process for him. I Lauren. think this your one, pain
1: is his learning. process.
2: Yeah, I think this one he, it'll move on fairly quickly because it's in play. It's not out of
1: frustration. All right, Lauren, yeah. good luck. Thank you so much for your question. Thank you, everyone, for your questions. Chris, <laughs> thank you so much for coming in. Pleasure. So um, as I mentioned, if we didn't get to you today, please email us at conversation at kindling.com.au. You can always listen back to Kindling Helpline. If you got some advice today and your brain is scrambled because you haven't had enough sleep, just head to kindling.com.au. You can find this interview up on that website, and you can also listen on our app, which